as ever, I can tell you that. <laughs> We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get it. I get a day cold. It's no good! He missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 57 of the Soda City Sit-Down. We have another big episode for y'all tonight. We are excited to get this one going. Uh, for, so first and foremost, we're just going to introduce who all is here. We don't have a full crew tonight. Uh, but starting out, we've got Austin. Uh, happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. If you see like there's a glitch in the Matrix, there's probably a reason for that. Happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. If you think there's a glitch in the Matrix, there's probably a reason for that. Uh, Poxitani Phil did see his shadow. Six more weeks of winter. Matthew, what do you think? Um, well, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> hard, hard to... I'll tell you what, though. It was uh, some nice 39-degree freezing rain here today. Yeah, we got a little bit of sleet. I saw two snowflakes, legitimately two snowflakes. Wow. That's more than I saw. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. It, it's like 65 in Texas, so yeah. Ain't All that right, so pleasurable. I don't know if, if Austin kind of just introduced Matt there, uh, but I'm going to say he did. Uh, we've also got Clayton here tonight. How's it going, everybody? Back from skiing with Matthew. I'm just glad to be back in the 55 degrees instead of 10. And then we've also got Marina. Yep, I um, am enjoying, you know, watching all my teams suck still. Rangers Rangers are winning one two games straight. Uh, and I'm um, using Jeopardy, Jeopardy to fill up the rest of my lack of sports time. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good at Jeopardy right now. So catch me on Jeopardy next year. I'm going to replace Ken Jennings up there. He's going to have the Soda City sit-down shout-out at the end. <laughs> For the final Jeopardy, he's so, going to just put at Soda City. It's going to be a whole category. So not most contestants that come on Jeopardy have a podcast. Yours might be the <laughs> dumbest. Tell us about it. No, the final Jeopardy question is going to be a category podcast. And it's going to say, <laughs> the undisputed best sports podcast in the state of South Carolina. And it's going to be, what is the Soda City City? It's going to have something to do with the capital of South Carolina and everyone else is going to say Charleston because they always do that. And then I'm going to be the only one that says Soda City. And then I'm still going to get it wrong because it's not Columbia. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you'll get it right and then they'll come out for commercial and say, actually, uh, our judges decided oh, I hate that. that. points for that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel bad worst. for this, guys. Yeah, this like the actually we were looking for the answer in a plural sense, and you gave it singular. Like I I hate it when that Those happens. Those are so shitty. Yeah. How am I the biggest nerd in here? But you guys are the ones that are all obsessed with Jeopardy. I don't understand. Uh, Jeopardy's because great. you're like an actual nerd, like with useful knowledge, and we're nerds in that we just have useless yeah. trivia knowledge. Jeopardy people who are good <laughs> at Jeopardy generally Jeopardy. aren't like amazingly good at one thing. They know a little bit about everything. So like. You can be a nerd and be very good. You can have like a PhD and be terrible at trivia. Yeah. I actually want to go on Jeopardy, but uh, I don't have the cojones. Dude, we should do the, um, they have like an online. I don't have the literary knowledge. Like I can do, I can hold my own in like plenty of categories, but the literary ones, like it's like the ones that are like um, words that start with C and S or something The word like puzzles that. are the worst for me. They had a rhyming one tonight and I was like, I I don't know. Yeah, like, they're so yeah, hard. It's just, it's, there's always like one category a night like that, and I would, I, I just wouldn't be able to do it. I would fail miserably. Yeah, um, I'm like actually obsessed though. Like they I, have, I, they I, have an online thing, Austin, where you can like do it, and if you're good enough, they'll like push you through to actual rounds of tryouts. We should, we should do it together. See who gets farther. Yes. <laughs> I know I would have like the best clicker speed up there, uh, but. Oh, you got to do the James Holtzauer style. You you go crazy on it. He puts it like against his leg, so it's like faster. Because if you use your thumb, your thumb is like the slowest finger. Oh, oh yeah, and he just kind of throws himself into it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you have have more twitch muscle from like your arms than you do on your thumb for something like that. Yeah. Smart yeah, guys. That makes hips a lot don't of lie, sense. I guess. Hips don't. You lie. don't want to see me right now. Like I look like I'm. Well, this I, was a know. very in-depth conversation about <laughs> I'm Jeopardy. We're Jeopardy podcast to get us into. We're Jeopardy podcast. Yeah, come back next week for uh, behind the scenes of Jeopardy. What's a good Jeopardy podcast name? Ken Jennings, what is, is our next guest host <laughs> for the next episode? What is <laughs> <laughs> that? Actually, that that's something right there. That's actually not bad. Yeah. 
that's a good name. All right. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but Marino, you know. Um, oh, by the way, yeah, I'm Tyler. I guess after that long conversation. <laughs> but Marino, you know, you you said that you need something to to hold the time while you are, you know, while your team suck. Mm-hmm. But you know, something that could fill that that role coming up soon, right? What's that? The new EA Sports NCAA football game because it is back, baby. I we did like- it, boys. <laughs> We I feel like it. they have been teasing this so many times in the past couple of years. Are we sure this is? We legit? actually won. No. So, so when, so when Jake, uh, Jake, who was in our our fantasy league group chat, past guest on the show, he sent the text into that chat first, and I've seen it before. Like it's because it said like Sports Center, and I had to like pull it up and go to the like the Twitter page to make sure it was actually Sports Center because yeah. I've seen that tweet. Hundreds of times, probably, in the last, like, five years. Well, I mean, they have tweeted that it's going to come back, but it was always, like, a legal battle over, you know, players' rights of their uh, of their own likeness and things like that. Yeah. But I guess now it, it officially is okay to come back, but the real question is when it will actually come back because, you know, they have to still make the game and get it yes. all up to, you know... Get all the copyright stuff, get yeah, all the Yeah, my the biggest question is, like, things. likeness. Like how? Like, yeah. is there an issue with? Likeness, and so, in my name? opinion, I don't think it's going to be for like another couple of years. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought it was going to be a lot sooner initially, but I have seen something that said like we're probably looking at like a realistic timeline of two to three years, which is a bit of a yeah. bummer. But at the same time, it's not like an indefinite hold anymore. Like we at least know like within the next two to three years. We're gonna have an NCAA football game. I mean, and the good aren't thing we is gonna have a national championship years. South Carolina team by then anyway? So we'll probably yeah, well, that's have what I'm, a that's what I'm kind of getting. We'll be on the cover by we'll then. <laughs> by then, the team might be good again, and so when we inevitably start dynasty mode from as South Carolina, it might not be as hard as building it back up from you know the dump that we are. <laughs> to be honest, right it's more fun to do a dynasty if your team sucks. So no, yeah, there like I, I right now uh, my dynasty in NCAA twelve, which is the last game that I have, uh, that I'm I'm with FAU. <laughs> so ooh, the uh, owls we are killing it. Yes, the owls. Yeah, it'll it'll drop just in time for the PlayStation six and the Xbox seven twenty. If only actual football had followed the same like trajectory as the NCAA games, because I mean, in 2014, it was before that season, so of course we were way up there in the rankings. And then, uh, you know, as long as we get back to a good point in the next couple seasons, it, it will be like the last 10 years never even happened. Basically, I'm okay yeah. with that. <laughs> hey, in NCAA 14, South Carolina had the highest rating. By that year. point, Clemson might suck yeah. again too. I, I just Clowney hope it's better. I never got 13 or 14. I just hope it's better than NCAA 12, where. Uh, like your like the defensive players will just jump through your receivers and intercept the football or break up the. I pass mean, you already know like the that. game is probably going to be trash, <laughs> but it's going to be good just because it's a college it's football college. game. Yes, yes. The I Soda City Sit Down Online Dynasty will be making a, a look big, forward to the Soda City Sit Down entrance. Twitch account where we're going to play <laughs> in CW. <laughs> yes, hell yeah, yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm I'm excited to have that coming back. Um, we've got a other little bit of news uh, that is back, and it's going to be the South Carolina Texas baseball rivalry. Uh, so we've uh, we've played Texas a couple times for a national championship, most recently in 2002, and they just announced this week that it is back on. We have a home and home series that we're going to be out in Austin this year uh, in. Late March, and I should have the dates in front of me, but I do not. But it's going to be late March. We're going to be out in Austin. Uh, it is, they're, they're the preseason number nine team, so that gives us, on our schedule, a series, a weekend series against the number one, the number four. Wait, it's for this year? I thought it was for, like, a future no, year. No, it's this year. And then they're coming to Wait, Columbia so how come baseball year? can schedule things, like, same year, but football you have to schedule, like, ten years in advance? This is a COVID thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, had yeah. A, we had a series get canceled. So. Yeah, and then, I mean, I guess they just were like, we'll come to Columbia next it year. It does seem a bit odd, though. I'm, I'm with you, Blade. Yeah. Yeah. This is historic, though. I mean, this Texas team was always mentioned as being a powerhouse team, kind of like South Carolina was in the beginning of the 2010s. I mean, this is one of the most historic teams, and South Carolina's last game against them being the national championship. I mean, 
the fact that these teams never played each other in between then is insane because I always heard it so much about Texas and I knew how good our team was. So, I mean, I, I don't know how good we'll be, but just from a, a previous two decades historical standpoint, I think it could be really, really cool. Yeah, I hope our baseball agree. team doesn't suck, and so it's actually a good series. Yeah, we'll know we'll know by then if we suck or not. I think because uh, hopefully we can stop hitting our pitchers in the back of the head. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, I was that was a reference that up tonight. That was so yeah. I saw that. I saw that video for the first time on Barstool, like the big Barstool account, and I was like, "Oh wow, that sucks." Then I was like, "Oh no." That's honestly I a saw really that, bad I saw that. <laughs> that block, that interlocking SC logo, that baseball logo, and I was like, "It's like it wasn't a very good throw either, and it was. No, t- it wasn't. I don't understand what he was doing. Like, I guess someone was trying to steal, but he threw like directly to the pitcher for some reason. Yeah, I don't. It's very odd. Yeah, it's not a good look. No, <laughs> not a good look at all. You're absolutely right. It's a uh, COVID. We're we're just out of out of form. That's all. That's all it is. That's that was an early. Yeah." We're going to make COVID excuses for baseball already? It's fine. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. It's, I mean, might as well. That, I don't have any other excuse for that, to be honest. I mean, it happens. I guess if it's like a practice or a scrimmage or something like that, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for it. But, um, yeah, I mean, at, at least everyone's okay. Nothing to worry about there. Uh, everyone's okay, so it's all good. Before, before we move on to South Carolina football, we did want to mention that we officially we've always been on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So of course, if you're listening to on one of those, thank you. But uh, we've officially moved over to Anchor, which is a podcasting service that's hosted by Spotify or powered by Spotify, however they use that terminology. I so, think powered is their way of wording it. Powered by yeah. Spotify. So we should be on like a lot more platforms that we don't even really know about, but it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that moves us forward. We're already seeing our numbers increase. I'm not sure if that's a some sort of glitch from transferring over our information or if that's actual uh, listeners. But if you're yeah, new to the podcast, accurate. if you're new from this week and, and you're coming in, especially after all the things that have been going on in the past couple weeks with our podcast and outside of our podcast, welcome. Thank you. Um, you know, of course, we're on Twitter at Soda City Sit Down, and we're on Instagram as well. We need to probably get those numbers up, and I guess we're on YouTube. We got we got a, a couple, one or two things on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also on Anchor, I believe you can send in questions. So if you have any questions for for any of us about anything, that's cool. You know, let us know. Yeah, I mean, you can also tweet at us, but uh, there's another avenue for uh, asking questions about the podcast. Yeah, and then uh, just for the specifics uh, for everybody. Uh, obviously you're listening on some platform already, but um, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. So I don't know but three of those. <laughs> but, uh, but what's really cool is now we can share our anchor link and we can put it out there and you can kind of, you can go through that and broadcast our podcast to your preferred podcast source. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Obviously, we're seeing some higher numbers. So once, like Marina said, thank you, thank you, thank you. But yeah, we can go on to, to some South Carolina football news. Another coaching depart with Des Kitchings going to the Falcons. So, you know, it's a little disappointing. I think Des Kitching was, you know, he was one of the very few people that we retained from last year. And I was actually, I actually think he's a very good coach. And, and I'm sad to see him go. But, you know, good for him to be moving up to the NFL. I'm sure he'll be very happy to that to go to to go up that to to that next level. And uh, now we just gotta look at who we think will replace him. I, I do think that it's a really good move from Kitchings, and I think well deserved. I mean, you saw what our running back room did last year. Uh, that being said, I mean, we just kind of it seems like we always release our episodes at the worst possible yep. time. Because, I mean, the whole, like, intro to this South Carolina football section from last week was our staff is finally complete. And then, like, hours. I mean, it was probably the next morning. It's like, oh, we lost another coach. Okay. Yeah, I was Sweet. editing last week and going through the part where we were like, the staff is finally complete. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And it was like the next day I'm editing. Exposed again. Give us a break, guys. Well, it's so late in the process at this point. I don't 
even know who the candidates to replace Kitchings are. I mean, I, uh, I think I've heard some people make some mention of like some former Gamecock running backs, obviously Marcus Lattimore being one of them. I just don't know how like realistic that is, as cool as it would be. I just don't know like what they're looking for. There hasn't been a whole lot of mention of, of possible candidates yet, so I don't know. Does anybody have any, any ideas there? Uh, I didn't write down the name, but I have seen that he's looking at the wide receivers coach from Virginia. Not Virginia Tech, but Virginia, UVA, the Hokies. So um, I'm sure that he has some running back background. I just kind of saw it in passing UVA's the Cavaliers. Today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Virginia Tech, you mean? Yeah. No, wait, wait, I wait. meant Virginia. I said the Hokies. That was my bad. Thank you for okay. catching me on that, Austin. <laughs> the Cavaliers. You're welcome. Uh, I guess I uh, got the Beamer brain, so I'm just thinking Hokies. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, that that is what I saw. Um, I think that was like his top target. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but um, that is who we're kind of gunning for right now. Um, there was uh, the we were looking at the head coach of Florida A and M. Um, there for a little bit, and he decided he's going to stay at Florida A&M. So I think that was the first choice. Now we've moved on to this guy at the Virginia Cavaliers. And uh, if that doesn't work out, I'm sure there's going to be someone else next it does on the seem, list. So uh, it does happens. seem kind of random. Um, I, I know we, we did hire another former Gamecock this week in Keel, Keel, Keel Pollard to join there the staff. Is. So. <laughs> I was getting confused because it's Keel Pollard and Keir Thomas. I was yeah. getting those first names backwards, but and he's going to be assistant wide receiver coach, right? Yeah, so that'll be that'll be cool. Um, I, I specifically remember, obviously, it, it ended poorly for him with the career-ending injury and everything. But his game against Clemson, uh, just destroying Tanner Muse on that long touchdown. Uh, that was fun. So, I mean, mm. I, I think he's, he's definitely a guy that you looked at as being a coach one day. So, giving him a chance, even just in the small role here. And, you know, Connor Shaw getting his title this week. We, we kind of wondering what it was going to be. It seems like an expansion uh, kind of on what he was last season. So, that that's big. What I'm most excited about there is that it sounds like he's going to have an expanded role on recruiting. And if y'all remember that video of the press conference when he first was brought onto the on-field staff, uh, when Bobo got the interim job after we fired Muschamp, um, you could tell like he's got a passion for this place. And so I'm really excited to see how that actually translates to him having that that bigger hand in in recruiting. I think that's going to go a long way. Yeah, another another big note in recruiting. Uh, obviously, Mike Peterson is uh, are currently our only original coach left, and uh, you know Mike Peterson solely responsible for. I mean, not solely. Obviously, is the whole coaching staff, but Peterson's the reason Jordan Birch came here. So that that was a big guy to keep on. Hopefully, he stays on because at this point, he's the only holdover, and every Guys, week it seems to change. Oh, but, oh you're uh, talking. I thought you were talking about Birch. I thought you're talking about Peterson. Oh, no, right? no, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think I think with uh, with Kimberly on staff, I think Birch is kind of locked in. Yeah, I believe so. But uh, other than that, signing day starting tomorrow morning. So by the time this comes out, we should have a, a good idea of what our final class is going to be, barring any transfers. And uh, we, we have three spots left, and it's been there. There could be a few other targets outside of these, but uh, three targets seem to be left on the board. Uh, each being Juwan Gaston, a three-star safety from. Uh, it, he's choosing between South Carolina and Auburn, and then as well we have Ladarian Craig, a three-star corner out of Alabama, uh, down to his last couple schools, and Bam Scott, who have been tracking for a while, a four-star linebacker uh, from Kansas City. What a name, City. Bam! Yeah. So that 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 could be could be interesting. Uh, I I don't know if we'll get all three of these guys, but if let's just assume we get one or two, that'll leave uh, one or two more spots left through the summer for potential transfer, which, you know, obviously we have hit the transfer portal hard, uh, particularly in the, the last few weeks and in, in, in positions of need. So definitely some big stuff there. And I, I think if, if we go kind of through spring practice, we'll kind of have an idea of maybe what we want to fill that last spot with on uh, the transfer portal. And, you know, things happen too. I mean, it's, it's early. Uh, once through all that happens, there could be more transfers both on this team and through other teams uh, anywhere that, might have guys that want to look toward coming here. So 
I'm fully okay with there being one, maybe even two spots left for us to bring some much-needed guys in that may come up later. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think a lot of people have said it over time. I, I know, like, um, I've listened to a lot of what JC has said. I think he even said a little bit while he was on our show. Uh, it's not going to be, like, the most attractive class, but I think we're getting a lot of guys on here that are going to be able to fill the spots, uh, and they are going to be able to kind of step in, and it might not be perfect, it might not be pretty, you know, it's not going to be a team that's going to contend for a lot of things at first, but I think it is going to set up to be a team and a class that's going to help us take that next step forward and be a part of that first, uh, I guess, correction of the culture that Beamer is going to try to bring in here, and I think that's going to go a long way. And I think this class is going to be remembered in four years um, a lot differently than it seems like they're going to be right now. At least I hope that's going to be the case. I think it's also odd how a lot of these recruiting services haven't kind of progressed to what the modern recruiting class looks like in that they don't really account for those transfers. I mean, our our whole signing class, like probably the a big difference between us, however many games we win next year, is going to be on some of these guys that are coming in as transfers. Yeah. Especially at those positions of need, those receivers we're getting in, those defensive backs we're getting in. Those are the most important immediate impact guys that are just not accounted for in that recruiting ranking. So yeah. I don't know if maybe they need to update that moving forward, but I don't know. should be interesting. It definitely should be interesting. And, uh, and this week we also got a better look at what, uh, I guess a layout of where these guys are going to be able to to fill in and, and, and do some work. Uh, we've got the full schedule release coming out. Uh, great video. Great video that they put out. Uh, props to Justin King on that. Uh, I'm sure we all saw that, right? Yeah, and I, 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 having personally gone through that line down there at Gamecock Park, first of all, it was just really sweet to just drive by that uh, – football practice facility and I was just like peering through the windows as I was in the drive-thru uh, <laughs> going to get the vaccination and I was like oh I think I think that's uh that's one player oh I think that might be another guy so I'm pretty sure I saw a couple of the guys coming in and out but also just shout out to anybody who knows or is related to or even if you're a listener to this podcast who may have been helping out with that whole process uh, it was very well streamlined uh, I think it's a perfect place to go I mean if you can throw the huge South Carolina tailgate there, you can certainly turn it into what is uh, one of the most important things we have going on right now and getting the vaccine out. And so they all work tirelessly there to make it really good. And so I'm, I'm glad we, we kind of were able to do that with our Gamecock facilities. Yeah. My mom's a retired nurse and she's already started to volunteer to uh, help give shots to people. So I'm, I'm trying to see what I can do. It's, it's cool to like to see, uh, it was cool just seeing everyone on there. I think, uh, Austin, you knew someone from Prisma that was there, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, my old boss uh, in the PT clinic. He was he was there. So shout out to uh, John. That was really cool yeah. to see that happen. And season tickets. So that's, that's, that's just really cool. I mean, that's that's far from the important thing, but just knowing that, like, we're giving back to those who are laying it all on the line and are working harder than anyone else in the world right now and who deserves more so more than season. They just deserve so much recognition. It's not even possible in words. Uh-huh. Um, we appreciate all of you. So shout out to Prisma, though. Great company. Yeah. Doing great things. Moreno, does your, does your mom listen to this podcast? Cause... She does. Oh, shout out Mama Marino. <laughs> Hello, Laura. Hello, Mother. Oh, oh. Yeah. first name. <laughs> first was, name basis. Uh, but on the, on the schedule front, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a very interesting schedule. Uh, we've got uh, the typical Georgia uh, in like week three. Uh, so shout out to the Spurrier quote from a couple years back about how they how he loves to have Florida within the first two, or Florida have loves to have Georgia within the first two or three weeks of the season because you can pretty much guarantee that a couple of their major players is going to be out on suspension. Uh, that is one of his all time quotes. Uh, we start the season against Eastern Illinois, and then we go up to Greenville, uh, North Carolina, and play East Carolina, the Pirates, on the road. Uh, a rare road game against East Carolina. I feel like this is the kind of game, like I feel like this game has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back to go up to Greenville. And finally, like, because we've played them like four or five times over the last couple of years. Yeah. We used to play them a lot more and we haven't played them in a while. Yeah. Um, And so, I don't know. We played them like, we played them at least twice in my 2016 might've been the last time I remember, but I could be Yeah, maybe 2000. It was Muschamp's first year. And then we also played them 
2014, our freshman year. Yeah. So and then they had that decent quarterback and like Zay Jones. And they were pretty good. Yeah, I think one of those times. That year. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he gave us some fits. Um, and then we also played them uh, a few years before that in Charlotte, and that was Shaw's first start. I remember that because that was when he played horribly, and then Garcia had to come in and oh yes, we, yeah, we had some that. decent so, games against them. Yeah, yeah, they always play us tight. Years. So I'm a little nervous about going up there to East Carolina, but uh, but yeah, but I, I do think it's a very favorable start to the season. Um, you know, even that being said, how they do play us tight, it still should be uh, two two wins picked up in the front of the season. Uh, so if you can start out two and zero, and then head into a game at Georgia, um, of course. It's at Georgia. Not really expecting much out of that, but um, you know it's going to be at least a little bit of hype around the team, a little bit of confidence. Um, and then after that game, uh, we have a four-game stretch of Kentucky, Troy, at Tennessee, and Vandy. Uh, so that is also, of course, a very favorable stretch right there. I mean, Kentucky's a team that you know, they laid the hammer on us last year. Uh, Troy's a Troy's one of those giant killers, but uh, they they should still be a team that we should win. As you know, both teams from the state of Tennessee uh, are pretty trash right now. Uh, I mean, Tennessee beat us last year, but we got a, you know, they got a dumpster fire going on right there. Uh, then we go into uh, A and M. Uh, we go to College Station in a game that we will never win, and so you know, probably another loss there, um, <laughs> barring a miracle of God. And then uh, we have a bye week, and then just an absolute brutal finish to the season. Uh, we've got Florida coming to Columbia, and then we've got the three Tigers on the schedule to close it out with at Missouri, Auburn, and Clemson. Uh, Auburn and Clemson are coming to Williams-Brice. So definitely a uh, – if I think they have a chance to have a strong start to the season, maybe build some confidence, and hopefully use that confidence to knock off a team or two in that back half. But it's definitely going to be like a tale of two schedules there. I think it's a pretty favorable start with the new coaching staff to kind of build some momentum going into those final tough games for sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think opening up the season against, like, Eastern Illinois, I think that's really going to help out this team. Yeah, especially because we've had some really tough schedules in the past, like, two years for sure. Oh, and this is still a tough schedule. Don't get us wrong at all. Yeah. But I think it's going to help this team that we probably have the easiest part of our schedule in the first six or seven games because, I mean, there's going to be so much to figure out that, you know, I mean, they could come out and just flop and, and... have a horrible start and a horrible finish but you know in an ideal world they get out to a good start get that confidence feel how it is to win like that feeling get a little hungry and and you know maybe win some games that they aren't supposed to and and win the games that they are supposed to so uh, i know clayton is going to see that yeah i mean there's <laughs> just like a very backloaded schedule and it's dangerous in my opinion for it to be like that because you know everything is so new if you don't start out playing well and you potentially drop games that you sh- should definitely win which you know we have been known in the past to play poorly to start out seasons not like in the past not really in the Muschamp era so much but like before that in like the end of the Spurrier area where we would you know play teams that we were much better than and then we would let them hang around you know if we don't start off too hot and we you know lose a game that we shouldn't in the beginning it's gonna be very tough to come back from that and we could potentially be looking at a a a rough record after that but i don't know just because i think when you look more recently our teams have really flamed out toward the end of the season mostly due to injury i mean there's there's certainly some talent issues that that were present but i mean the last two seasons in particular what was it? Or actually, really the last three seasons. Because in 2018, our whole defense was hurt by the end of the year. But our offense was doing all right, which led to that like relatively decent game against Clemson. But then 2019, I mean, the whole offense is then gone. And we're bad. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just remember that A&M game where it was like, oh, we might not get a first down. And then to last season where it was the defense again. I mean, it, the offense was still relatively healthy. But at that point, it was, it was kind of rebuild ish just with no wide receivers and everything but but the defense is terrible i i definitely agree with you with the Muschamp era being a lot more uh, front-loaded i'm kind of thinking further back towards like when beamer was on the staff 
Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you could you could look at it a lot of different ways. I'm I'm just going to kind of assume that this is a good thing just for a first-year coach. I mean, if we can come out and get some wins, that's that's huge regardless of what the final record is. Yeah, just build some buzz. You have something to build buzz off of, and the earlier you can do it, the better. And that's just going to be that's going to be good for the fan base. It's going to be good for the team. It's just going to be good for Beamer's tenure in general. I mean, you're going to win the games that we're going to win. We're going to lose the games we're going to lose regardless. But if you get a schedule that allows you to have a stretch where you can string a few together, that's going to really go a long ways because you're going to look back and think, ah, oh, man, like we we you know we we finished whatever and whatever. But remember when we won like two or three straight games, you know, there like in that stretch where you have like Troy, Tennessee, and Vandy. Like, that could be a really fun stretch right there, even though they're not good teams. But <laughs> with the amount that we've been winning the last couple of years, if you can string three wins together, that's going to be pretty memorable uh, regardless. But um, do we have anything else to really hit on on football or the schedule at all? No, it's uh, hopefully looking forward to another, you know, relatively light week, I guess. I don't want to have another coach leave, please. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't see it happening, but, you know, of course, I didn't see it happening last week either, um, I think. Well, I mean, I, I guess it is also National Signing Day, though, so maybe maybe we'll get some surprise commits. Who, who knows? Maybe. I'd be okay with that. I would like something good to look forward to because I sure as hell am not enjoying watching the ups and downs of basketball this season so far. <laughs> yeah, basketball definitely had one of their up and down weeks. Uh it's kind of like that stock market, am I right? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Top yeah. There was a lot more down than up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is what I'm kind of tired of, to be completely honest. Everybody wants to freak out when we lose. Yes, we lost a very bad game to Vandy, but we also beat Georgia by, like, 30 points. So, or 25 points. It's like, you're not gonna, no, no one talked about too. the Georgia win. And then they want to talk about losing to Vandy on the road. So I get it. I I get it. I get it. But I'm also just kind of pissed off that it's just people are only focusing on what they want to focus on. It is weird too, man, because I I thought the defense took this huge step. I mean, I I think we credited Martin on on Wednesday because even the broadcasters were like, yeah, South Carolina's giving up a historic amount of points right now, which is so odd for a Frank Martin coach team. And then we hear that Martin installed this new defense for that Georgia game, literally like in the practice in between games, which is only like, I mean, I don't know how much they practice in between like a Saturday game and a Tuesday game, but it's not much. And to be able to do that, like it was, it was pretty sweet. We held them to 59 points. We look great. And then uh, ha- somehow we give up 93 points to Vandy who hadn't, I mean, between this game and we lost to him at the end of the season last year, When's the last time Vandy beat someone that wasn't us? I mean, we've given them their last two SEC wins. Like, this was it. Like, I get what you're saying, Tyler. Like, it, it, there were two games this week, but it from a big picture, like, we're coming at it weekly. And yeah, yeah. That, that, that up curve that we get for the Georgia win, I mean, losing to Vandy just, it, it takes, blows everything from that game. I mean, obviously it would have been worse to go into, but when you're, when you're a team that's looked pretty average this year for a variety of reasons it just really hurts to watch your team score 80 points i mean when's the last time we didn't score 80 points you'd think we'd be doing well like i think i mentioned to clayton uh this weekend you know back when we were winning big and going on our final four run in the year before where we were pretty successful we weren't scoring 80 points a game no i mean those teams were winning games like 70 to 65 and like to see us scoring at the margin we are we, we should be better. And I, I think it comes down to, it just seems like we don't have the practice. I know that's such an excuse, but it really is a big deal. And you can see it. It's like guys don't know where to be. And like, I just don't know. Like it, part of it can be put on the guys. Part of it can be put on the coaching staff. Part of it can be put on COVID. But like, it just seems like we haven't been able to install that properly at this point. Yeah. And it's like, and it's one of those things, especially with this team that, I really wish that it could be one of those things where you could just like put this team in a bubble, like a scientific experiment and say, you know, you have like your controlled variables and like, okay, well, what does this team look like if COVID was never a thing? Because like like we're saying, we're scoring 80 points. If you can consistently score at that clip, you shouldn't be losing a lot of basketball games. And then you see, we give up, you know, against Georgia, who I, I think is a better team than Vandy. 
We get against Georgia, we give up 59 points. Against Vandy, we give up 93. That's a vast spread of points right there. And one thing, you know, I got to think of is, you know, Frank Martin is a very, very, he runs a very physical defense. You know, it's not, it's it's something, when it's done correctly, it is in your face. It is bitter on every possession. It is just, I mean, it's, it's like a dog pound, you know. And giving up under 60 points, 59 points against Georgia, that's that's impressive. That's that's a hard-working defense. And then I'm, I just kind of have to wonder, you know, is it just – is it that the team is inconsistent? Is it they have – you know, there's some issue where they can turn it on and then they can't turn it on against another team? Or is it an effect of COVID? And I, and I know it's going to sound like an excuse, but it's a very genuine question that I have because, I mean, that's a 31-point difference – and on, on the defensive side, in a game that, you know, against a team that isn't better, if, if they are better, it's not by, like, leaps and bounds, you know. It, it'd be one thing if it was 59 points against Georgia and and then they gave up 93 to who's, like, the top team in the country right now, Baylor or something like that? Who was who it? I don't even know. I, I haven't paid that much yeah, attention. That's a weird year because there's also, up. like, the Blue Bloods all – kind of suck right now this year it's 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 a weird year so it's a lot of a lot of things probably are getting affected by covid but i i just think about it plainly like for anyone out there who's been on a competitive sports team like when they talked about how many practices they'd had to this point in the season it's like imagine having like six or seven practices in multiple weeks i mean months even like you're not gonna have anything be on the same page and like i it is an excuse for sure, and I I don't think it's all on that. I think there's some things that have been poor that have been poor from the player personnel standpoint and from a coaching standpoint. But it's tough to do any of that when you you really don't even have a, a an established game plan. I mean, talking about putting in a a, def- a new defensive scheme within 24 hours of a game like that that's hard to do, and that shouldn't have to be something we have to do. We've got we've got and and in this. This week was supposed to be that two and zero week. It sucks we split them, but you know there's still potential being shown for sure. That Georgia win was good, and you know the schedule is going to get tough real quick as we're we're going to be playing uh, at Florida tomorrow night as we're recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be a tough one, and then you know Mississippi State this weekend, and then you know after that Mississippi State next, always I mean, seems to give us trouble. Yeah, right now Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, and Missouri are four of our next six games, and all of those teams are in the top twenty-five. Well. Yeah, but I mean Tennessee's those teams are ranked. They're offensive they're, they're, struggles. They're good. Yeah, Tennessee's not nice. Kind of like us, where you know they how we are on defense, they are on offense. Where they have one night where they look really, really good, and they look like one of the best teams in the country, and then they have another night where they just can't score. So um, you know, if, if if you catch. If you catch one of our good defensive nights and one of their bad offensive nights, who knows what could happen? Uh, and let's hope that it happens that way. Um, but we'll, well, we'll from see. a consistency standpoint, you know the men's team's been very inconsistent, but the women's yeah. team has been—I mean, they've been very consistent uh, on on yes. a tear as we've ever since the loss to uh, NC State earlier in the year. Yeah, I think I, I think it's up to like twenty-eight straight SEC wins. Uh, as yeah, right they're almost so consistent that they're. It's like I'm not even hearing about them because it's just like, yeah, they won another game. Like, what else is new? Like, it's yeah, crazy. it's like when's March? Let's get to March for the women's yeah. team, you know. And for it's the wild. other te- for the men's team, it's like, oh my god, like it's, it's the sky is falling out. But uh, but hey, you know what? At least we got something to look forward to. Uh, like we said, the girls have been on a tear. Uh, they were number four in last week's poll. Uh, they went two and zero. They beat Bama. They beat Mississippi State. A great win on the road against Mississippi State, uh, like we kind of teased last week. Um, it's uh, you know that first game uh, between Don and Nikki McCray pension at, at Mississippi State. Uh, so uh, big night for them. Uh, they did coach against each other during her stint at Temple, or not Temple at Old Dominion, and so uh, so they were familiar with each other on opposing sidelines. Uh, they got to a tough start. Um, really a poor first quarter, but we're still in the game. Came out, second quarter, started taking it away, and it was all she wrote from there. Uh, Bama, we actually trailed at halftime against Bama, which is really crazy. Uh, I think we were only down like a point, and then we won by like 20-something. So it's just kind of crazy how much that team can click it on. And what's really scary is uh, 
talking about, not really inconsistencies, but um, Don has said like in the last week or so, and really all season is like, this team is not last year's team. And last year's team was so good, but like this team's potential is so far beyond what last year's team was. And these girls haven't even clicked yet. And I don't know if that's partially because of COVID and things like that, because the girls have had a little bit of stint here and there. But if, I mean, this team, if this team clicks all the way, it, it could get nasty for opposing teams. And uh, it'd be really nice if it clicked this week uh, because uh, right now we are number two in the latest coaching or co- our latest uh, AP poll and number one in the latest coaches poll that came out today, which is really exciting. Uh, but last night on Monday night, Louisville, number one, the former number one, well, I guess still current number one team in the country, lost to number four NC State, uh, who was our only loss on the season. And so that opens up the door for us to be number one in both polls. Uh, if we can get work done against Auburn uh, on uh, Saturday, I believe, uh, which should be expected. Uh, so we might take a number one ranking in both polls into stores on Monday night for a big-time matchup against UConn. Uh, and UConn also, of course, is number three. And then Louisville lost. Uh, so unless NC State jumps them, uh, it could very well be a uh, one-versus-two matchup in stores on Monday night. Uh, for that Super Monday game, so that's really exciting. On the how many years do we have kind of on the docks to play against UConn in the regular season? So I, I we've don't done it a think few that years. there is a contract on it. I think that they, um, I think they re up a one and one like every two years. Yeah, I guess um, that makes so, sense. That's kind so of how I it think, should be. I mean, I know all sports don't necessarily have the capability of doing that, but it that's like when we talk about the South Carolina versus Texas baseball announcement, it's like. The, the women's basketball rivalry, I mean, it wasn't even a rivalry really before that. It was just like they happened to play each other going into the tournament sometimes. But it was like, it was known as those two teams were like two of the best teams and like they were able to then get a regular season thing going and like you'd love to be able to see that kind of thing in some other sports. But I, I don't know the feasibility of it all. Yeah, and you know, it started out as just Don used it as the measuring stick. You know, Don wanted to be the best team in the country and UConn was the best team in the country. And so we had to go up against them and, you know, we had to say what we had in order to get better. And those first couple of years, we got it handed to us. And then last year we returned the favor and, and hopefully this year we'll be able to go back up to their place and, and keep our streak alive. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely is interesting how that came to be. And hopefully that does keep going because I, I really enjoy having, you know, what has been annually the best team in the country, you know, on our schedule every single year for the last five or six seasons. So yeah, big week uh, for Gamecock Athletics. But uh, this weekend, you know, it's it's it doesn't end on Wednesday after National Signing Day. It doesn't end after some of these basketball games coming up. It ends with Super Bowl 55, the Bucks versus the Chiefs. The biggest uh, thing kind of coming out about this game is it's the new age QB versus old age QB. It's Mahomes versus Brady. I'm sure that storyline will be beaten into the ground this week. Uh, what's everyone thinking about this? I mean, I, I think this is one of the more exciting Super Bowls we've had in a while. I'm on the other side as you, to be honest. I, I mean, I guess the game is exciting. Uh, you know, I mean, no, I'm with Matt. I, I think guess. this is definitely going to be one of the better ones. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has to be a good game. I just am not excited for the matchup because, um, I mean, it's not it's not my team, and so like I'm not excited to see like the Chiefs back into it. You know, I mean, it's like if your team is going to Super Bowl back to back years, like you're obviously excited. But if like you don't have a dog in the fight, like if I'm not going to see my I'm the more Ravens excited, play, man. I'd like to see someone else. You know, I like to see like a different array of teams. Dude, um, if the Jets course, are in the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay I hasn't watch. been to the Super Bowl in. Who knows how long? Uh, okay, I think 2000, 2003. Let me get to it. Wow, get to it. So I don't John Gruden was that good. I like to see the, rep- yep. the defending champion back in it. I like to see somebody new. And then on the other side, I just don't want to see Brady again. So, I mean, yeah, if I there was anybody Brady. else at the helm other than Brady, I'd be excited. Oh, for I would the Bucks. be so happy be if it was anything else. But, but I just, I don't want. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, I'm going to pick the lesser two evils. Like, I like Mahomes. I think he's great. State Farm guy. So, I'm going to root for him. <laughs> Uh, so yo, we I've gotten like three emails this week about like the freaking Super Bowl and the Super Bowl commercials, and it's like, 
cheer for Team State Farm. Team State Farm commercial coming out. Would you like, like oh to be God. in the newest State Farm commercial for the Super Bowl time? I'm like, 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 please only send me an email if you're inviting me to be in the. You have to get the Mahomes cut though. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be able, like, only send me an email about these commercials if you want me to be in the commercial with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Like, exactly. that's all I care about. Or Chris Paul or Oscar Nunez from the Office. <laughs> please. They really have a lot of star talent at State Farm, don't they? They do. I mean, they've got those guys. They got me. <laughs> yeah. All right, you can end it there. That's it. Yeah, that's all I need to hear. That's Jake the from list. State Farm. Yeah, Jake. Old Jake is the goat, though. I mean, <laughs> old Jake. New Jake should have had not. the should have had the State Farm Bowl, but you know, Packers Packers were that close. But it, it is what yeah. it is. But they kicked the field goal. But yeah, we we already talked about they that. They choked. Bit. They did. They did. But yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it should be a good game. Uh, I mean, what these two teams played earlier this season, it was like a three-point win by the Chiefs. Something like that. Yeah, it was a good game the first time. So, I mean, rematches in a season are always exciting uh, because you kind of have an idea and, you know, there's a little bit of bad blood there. And so, uh, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I just – I like a fresh matchup. I am honestly I shocked that they're there, though, like that the Bucks are there, considering that team that they're made up of, which is like Brady, who's in super old, Gronk, who can barely play. Do they still have Antonio Brown, but who's they have not playing? such a good yes. offense. Um, they have so many weapons on offense. And Fournette, who's defense. still somewhat relevant. Have like, they even been very effective offensively, or has it not been their like, defense that's kind of gotten them to where they are at this yeah. point? No, their defense is definitely forcing turnovers and making Todd big Bulls plays. That, allows the, that gives the offense into good positions. Yeah, like They Bulls. have so many weapons on both sides of the ball, so it really isn't a surprise that they're there. It's just annoying that they're there solely because Brady's on the team. It's not a surprise at all. In fact, before the season started, Jay and I had a bet on who we thought would go the furthest in the in the season. I bet the Chiefs, and he bet the Bucks. So we predicted the Super Bowl before the season even started. So, I mean, I guess the winner is just who wins the Super Bowl, I assume? or Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is big on, on like Twitter. I know I definitely thought about it, but it's... It's interesting how this year has been Tampa Bay's year in everything in sports, from hockey winning the Stanley Cup to baseball getting to the World Series. To- Rays yeah. went to the World Series. I think yeah. I, 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 I mentioned that last effect. week on the podcast. Do we mention it? I feel like I, I, I know I said it somewhere, but I, I think I you texted I it, it on the show or not. But I remember I mentioning it like really it. early on after yeah, the Rays but won. It, yeah, great year. So we were it. like Buccaneers, and everyone was like, no. Yeah, I mean, all of their all of their major teams have made it to the championship in their most recent season. So, Clayton, Clayton, you're telling me, yeah, of all the teams to pick to make the to win the Super Bowl last year, your your bold prediction was that the Chiefs were going to make it. <laughs> if but that wasn't a, it, it's right. a bet. It's not supposed to be a bold prediction. Man, but the thing is, is, you just... guys, you guys make fun of us. You make fun of me and Boring Clayton content. for not picking bold predictions. But guess who finished one and two in the SEC season picks? Me and Clayton. I, I'd like and to say Austin won, even though he missed uh, Austin, the first yeah. eight. eight, eight I definitely won. He missed all of the hard weeks. Austin ratioed both <laughs> of That's you. That's not debatable. Best record. For those who uh, aren't aware, Austin was Austin was at the uh, Air Force for the first like eight weeks of the season. So he comes in and starts doing all the SEC pick. Uh, bets and when all of the games are double digit <laughs> point, point favorites yeah, at that point like <laughs> like think about south carolina past like week eight it's like we know damn well we ain't winning <laughs> yeah but of course we still picked us to win half the time oh, i don't hate bandwagon fans <laughs> yeah but the super bowl i think will be a good game i i think it'll be very interesting to see i think the chiefs have a a better team but i think the the brady factor and the clutchness and his experience with you know his like basically a career of just playoff games uh we'll we'll see what what comes through man i just hope we have good commercials how how many meta like uh, uh commercials COVID recently commercials. have been awful how many meta covid commercials do you think we're gonna have like oh go to wear oh, your mask so commercials like oh yeah no, that should be a good that's a good prop that. bet there the fucking that would COVID be a good prop bet yeah oh yes like other so all gonna have something to do with covid wait did yeah. you say prop bet Oh, I did. Oh, that's that would be a perfect time to introduce our Super Bowl prop bet segment. It's been here. a long time. That was one of our biggest, uh, like little little segments from when we started the podcast last year. It was the yeah, it was segment. it was fun. So we're bringing that one back. Uh, I guess a little bit more structured. Uh, pretty much everything we do in this podcast is a little bit more structured than it was like 
this time last year when we were just like, well, a little what bit. are we talking about tonight, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the Kansas City Jazz Museum? All right, let's see it. Let's bring it back. How did we not talk about the Kansas City Jazz Museum this year? <laughs> Kansas City still in We it? could still talk about it, yep, technically. That's true. I mean, there's a, there's a My prop bet What's last Tampa year. Bay, uh, oh, yeah, um, the, the Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, the Tampa Bay Bridge. If there's a Tampa Bay Bridge sighting, then uh, you've, you win. <laughs> Is there a Tampa Bay Bridge? I just kind of made that up. There's got to be something. I would imagine. I mean, it's, it's on the water. There's, there's probably a bridge somewhere. I mean, all somewhere. I know is that if I see a bridge on that that uh, the Super Bowl broadcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna Close say that that's it. I mean, last year that's the Ravenel. <laughs> pretty sure last year there was a local commercial with the Charleston Ravenel Bridge, and I was like, guys, that's it, that's it. <laughs> I won the bet. <laughs> There you go. Tampa Bay's number one famous thing has the they are home to the world's longest continuous sidewalk. There you go, boys. <laughs> wow. Bring it on. Wow. Show me the money. Uh, Show me the money. That can just be, I guess, our general uh SCS prop bet. If if they show the world's <laughs> longest sidewalk, then we all win. But uh <laughs> I, I'll I'll get us started here. I, I think I've got a decent little one here. Uh, nothing, nothing too out of this world to happen. But my prop bet is going to be named the Hog Molly bet. If an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman over three hundred pounds scores a touchdown, and I'm going to put this one at like plus a thousand because the odds of this is is very unlikely. But uh, that that's what I'm going with. I'm I'm going with the Hog Molly bet. If and if if I win, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna be all over Twitter with that one. Yeah, you know, with uh, with just the creativeness of of Reed, I feel like I, I'm not I'm not gonna bet against that. You know, if we're gonna put it out there, I'm gonna be aggressive for once, and I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna take that mm. bet. I mean, you you got to. I mean, for for this segment, let's just assume we're all taking these bets. And if any, I mean, the the most likely scenario with these is that none of them are going to hit. Let's be honest. But I mean, we're going to put these out on Twitter on the, the start of the Super Bowl. So follow along. You know, if you're listening, throw down your own. You know, wild prop bets, and we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see who's who's got our next one. I I got our next one. I got a good one. So my prop bet is going to be. It's just a simple. Will it happen or will it not happen? Will Tom Brady kiss his son in or after the Super Bowl? Uh, after a win, Big yikes. 100%. After a loss, uh, 50%. <laughs> 50% still. You never know. Uh, well, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that one. Um how about, how about you, Austin? about a pack or a full-on like, session? Like, ju- just a kiss or just a make-out? <laughs> Uh, oh, um, just, just any kiss, you know. Interesting. Okay, um, so <laughs> we uh, Clay just wants to know if if something will be done, and one of these two that I have are going to be done. We know it's going to be done. It's going to be done many, many times. But the question is, fellas, which is going to be done first? Will they mention that this is Tom Brady's tenth Super Bowl, or will they first mention that he is forty three years old? Uh, I mean, <laughs> definitely that he's forty three. I'm going to go 10 Super Bowl, and this is why I say that, because they're going to say, this is Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl at 43 years old. <laughs> no, it's going to be the other way around. Definitely going to be the other way around. And here comes Tom Brady, age 43, walking in for his 10th Super Bowl. Oh, that's We're going to have to be Wait, tuned into this answer. broadcast pretty early, because I I feel like this is almost more of like a, a shot bet like, or a drinking bet, like... Every time yeah. they mention Tom Brady's forty-three, or this is his tenth <laughs> Super Bowl, you take a drink. I will. I well, I can't. I can't drink here, but I, I'll. I'll still take that bet. Yeah, that goes into one of my earlier ones. I thought, which is like, are they going to show a picture of Patrick Mahomes as a little baby during uh, Tom Brady's first season? Like how how old he was yeah. when when Tom Brady was in his prime? It's probably. I think they've already done that in the past, so I don't know if they'll do that again. Yeah, the, the odds for mine, uh, the favoring odds are the 10th Super Bowl will be said first at 200. So mm, okay. We'll see. Well, uh, I think definitely when I think of my, my, my bet, and it's going to be kind of one of those, it's not necessarily going to be a bet more as, you know, what's going to take it here. Speed is a big factor in this game. You got some speedy guys like Tyreek Hill. I'm sure, 
I'm sure the Buccaneers, amongst their older players, they've got some guys with some solid speed. But the real athletes here among both teams is definitely Bruce Arians and Andy Reid. And my big question is, post-game, who gets to the center field first and the fastest? And I have a big bet that Andy Reid is going to be, is going to come back, he's going to be the underdog here, and he's going to be sprinting out to that, that logo for that, that big old handshake between two burly men. That's going to be my, my <laughs> bet going to this strong you, handshake. When you said Andy Reid and athleticism, I thought you were going to talk about how many words it was going to take before you mentioned something food-related in his uh, <laughs> winning speech. Dude, you know he's excited for that presidential meal. Go, uh, right, dude. Uh, of course. I got like 10. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know how I'm even going to grade that bet, but it's <laughs> – I, it, it it has to do with who gets there first and the speed, too. I mean, Tyreek Hill better watch out because, man, the coach is about to take his spot. That's all I'm saying. No, it's definitely going to be Andy Reid. He's going to be, like you said, that president. He's going to be thinking about the first burger joint closest <laughs> outside of J. Raymond James Stadium. He just wants to get there, shake the hand of the loser, Arians, and get out. Someone drop a burger on the on the logo. I'm going to go Arians getting there first there. because I, uh, I do expect the Chiefs to go back to back. To back. On this one, and I True. feel like I'm, I'm going, I'm going logical here, and I feel like normally the losing coach is the one that is waiting for the winning coach, just because, of course, the winning coach is Super Bowl, so they get a little slowed down in the process of getting the midfield. So I do think that Arians will get there first by default, and uh, and win that bet. Now, of course, all the way around, it could happen, but. Arians is known for wearing that taxi cab hat, too, so he's got a lot of more aerodynamics going into this one. I feel well. like he hasn't been wearing it recently. Has he not? Maybe maybe it's know. a luck thing. Maybe he, he didn't feel like the mojo was good and he maybe took he it off. It I don't think I've seen it either. Well, hopefully Reed can see. You know, Andy Reed likes to wear the whole face shield thing. He does. That also is going to help with aerodynamics. True, true. You know, you know because exactly. that, that keeps the air away from the mustache, which I'm sure slows you down. Yeah. True. Yeah. It bristles through it. Yeah. True. True. Filters. Uh, so, uh, so my prop bet is a little, a uh, little. I'm really just saying it because I'm surprised on where the the line was drawn on this one. But it's how many times will Bill Belichick be mentioned, and it's really just over under once. Oh, it's gotta be think? over. Oh, definitely over. Yeah. Way over. I'm going way over. I'm like, I'm way over. I might buy some points here on this one. What do you think he's gonna be doing for this game? Like, how do you think he's gonna be watching this? I don't think he's. I don't think he watches it. He probably doesn't. I can't do you think? Do you, th- do you think he's just gonna go to the basement of his like New England house with like all the lights off and just sit like hunched over to the darkness? Like, just. I hope we have a live stream of that. <laughs> Definitely. Like a Sith Lord. Yeah. In a normal Super Bowl, like it, they will have like he he would probably be there like in some sort of like pageantry in some way, shape, or form because he is like Bill Belichick and one of the biggest names in the league because like. Like at Super Bowl week, like there's just so many things going on, uh, like with fan experiences from players that you know aren't. A it part is a COVID of year though, uh, but since it is COVID year, they might cut back on that, and he might not be having any reason to be at the game. And I think if he's not there. He's he's not watching. That might hurt Clayton's bet too with COVID and everything. There might not be a lot of kissing going on. Ooh. I, I mean, think... if you live in the same house, you know. True. Yeah, I don't think that's slowing anybody down in the Brady household. <laughs> Definitely hate slowing Brady down. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's just speeding up because they're trapped together for so long. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, let's, so uh, let's wrap this up. That. Let's, uh, we've kind of already mentioned it, but uh, let's go with our picks, and, uh, yeah. and we'll wrap this, this episode up tonight. I'm going to start here. I'll go with Chiefs. Uh, I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown. Yeah. I think Chiefs are going to smoke them. I got the Chiefs just because my bet with Jay, so I, I kind of have to go Chiefs. Can I stick with it? I uh, cannot stand the thought of Brady winning seven <laughs> rings. Please, God. I am hammering the Chiefs. I normally am not a fan of back-to-back winners. There hasn't been one since the Patriots. Um, but the Chiefs <laughs> are winning back-to-back, and – they're going to make it look good. Uh, go Chiefs. Yeah, um, I I, I, no, I kind of want to make this interesting, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely think that there's going to be some sort of, like, motivational factor for the uh, for the Bucks and playing in Tampa, but 
but I'm going to stick with the Chiefs too. I just think they have, I think they have better things in the categories that are really going to make a difference in the game. Coaching, quarterback, things like that. So going with the Chiefs. Regardless of what happens, a Gamecock will come out of it with a ring. That's true. It's true. Maybe more than one. Again. So that's uh, that's always big. So we're going to get a Super Bowl champion. And uh, we will definitely have a little bit of breakdown on this next week on our episode. And we'll be looking forward to seeing you all then. You have a good one.